Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012. And for a while, it looked like we weren't going to do this one today, but it's the 27th of February, 2017, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from the mobile Sully Baseball Studio, also known as my car, driving down the streets of Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager Bob Melvin, and just down the 101 from AT&T Park, the home of the San Francisco Giants. I'm out of Evergreen Podcasts, and uh, today would have been a perfect day to play one, but you know what? I have some other, I have some good interviews in the can, I have some other shows that are ready to go in a few weeks, so right now I'm going to be driving around with you on the streets of Palo Alto, and I want to talk a little bit about something, something that occurred to me last night. As you know, your pal Sully gets into the Academy Awards along with other things in his life, and I'm... I don't know if you watched the Oscars last night, but it was uh, kind of bananas. I mean, that was kind of bananas, right? That was crazy. I'm not. I'm not telling tales out of school here. That was kind of crazy. What happened? Now, a lot of crap is going to be flung Warren Beatty's way because he looks so befuddled and everything. And this, if you didn't watch the Oscars, is what happened. It was a strange night anyway. And the night unfolded. Um, La La Land was a big favorite. I picked it to win Best Picture. I like La La Land. I know there's a backlash against La La Land, but I like La La Land. I think it was a nice, sweet movie. Was it Oscar-worthy? I don't know. But I thought it was a nice, solid, sweet piece of popcorn entertainment. And sometimes there's a place for that. Uh, But Moonlight was gaining a lot of momentum uh, it certainly has been a critically acclaimed film and it has a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of, you know, momentum behind it. And, you know, the, the night had some strangeness. Now, first of all, there was the, the, uh, in memoriam video and this was a packed in memoriam video because a lot of really great people and really beloved people in the movie world died this last year, you know, from, you know, from Gene Wilder to Carrie Fisher to Debbie Reynolds, you know, Michael Cimino, Oscar-winning director, a lot of Mary Tyler Moore, a lot of great, you know, beloved people died. And I just, you know, this is partly because I'm a little particular about In Memoriam videos, having um, I made one each All-Star game, that there's a sense of, hey, I'm going to, you know, do this right. We're going to do the In Memoriam videos and I do them in a certain style. I don't like the new style of the in memoriam videos for the Oscars. I'll say it. You know, if you have like an is like an editor or a production designer, well, put the movie that did the production design in the background. You know, you could they used to do that. You know, you would see such and such the editor of The Godfather. You'd see their their names. Then you see their face, and you'd see a clip from The Godfather in the background. So it's not like editor. Editor of what? Production designer. What did they? What production design did they do? And so when I do the in memoriam video for this you know, every All Star game, you know, obviously there's a you know you know they're they're famous for being a baseball player, but I I put a little thing on the bottom. It's like you know world champion this year, uh, All Star MVP, whatever it was, and. 
to try to have that little highlight. And, you know, they, they kind of shoved Mary Tyler Moore and Gene Wilder in the middle. It's like, really? Really? You can't build up to it? That's one of the things that I do in the In Memoriam video, is I try to build up to certain people. That you start with someone big, you end with someone big, and then you sprinkle a couple of big names throughout it, and then you the second to last one you try to make be significant, and then the final one, you know, the, the last one, you make a big deal about. And the last one for this one was Carrie Fisher, and they, you know, they showed a shot of her in Empire Strikes Back and a shot of her in Force Awakens. But it was also kind of like, all right, I don't know. It's, it's, I feel like in memoriam videos, you should include the clips of the movie. And yeah, I'm going to brag a little bit. I think I do them better than the ones... You see at the Oscars. It's to say that any, you know, call me out on that. But then came the, yeah, then, <laughs> sorry, Casey Affleck won for the movie over Denzel Washington, which is, you know, I'll just leave that there. But then came the single strangest moment in the history of the Oscars. I'm, I think that's probably safe to say that Faye Dunaway and Warren Beatty are on stage and Warren Beatty opens up the envelope and he looks confused and he looks at and Faye Dunaway grabs the envelope and says, it's La La Land. And the producers of La La Land are on the uh, stage and they start giving their speeches and there's a commotion and Faye Dunaway said, it's La La Land and then just ran right off the stage. And Warren Beatty is there like, um, wait a minute, what happened? And you heard him in one of the replays saying like, uh, it, says, uh, it says Emma Stone. And what had happened was he had the envelope for Best Actress for whatever reason. They have two sets of envelopes, and for whatever reason, he's holding the envelope for Best Actress. Someone handed him the wrong envelope. And so the envelope, he opens it up, and it says Emma Stone, and he's very confused. And Faye Dunaway basically, well, it's obviously La La Land. So go, boom, La La Land. And then they found out that, no, the Best Picture winner was actually Moonlight. And so they, they usher off all of the La La Land people from the stage and bring up the Moonlight people. And it was just, it was surreal. It was absolutely surreal. It was the equivalent of Game 7 of the World Series being decided on an umpire review. It was just, and of which one team's jumping up and down, they won the World Series, they checked the reviews, and no, actually, he caught it, and the other team won the World Series. And something hit me when I watched that happen. This is a strange, strange calendar year we've endured. And in terms of sports things, there's been some absolutely, completely incomprehensible things that have happened. You know, in basketball, you had the Cavaliers down 3-1 to one to the greatest regular season team in terms of wins and losses in NBA history and then came back to win. You had the wild World Series, of which the Indians were up 3-1, to one, and then were losing 6-1 to one in Game 7, only to tie the game, only to t- fall behind, only to rally, only to come up short. Of course, we had the presidential election, where no one in the world thought Donald Trump had a chance, including Donald Trump, and whether or not you voted for him or not, whether or not you're a Hillary or Donald supporter, 
you have to admit, it was a surprise. It was not the result that a lot of people thought was going to happen. Then you had a Super Bowl where one team was running up the score and it was a disgrace. It was a blowout only to blow it and lose an overtime. And then you had the Academy Awards where even the opening of the envelope and the winner being announced, even that's nothing you can count on. And I guess one thing I'm saying, tying this all into baseball is, I just get the sense that nothing's normal anymore. Nothing is normal. Not our presidential elections, not our sporting events, not even the Academy Awards. Nothing is normal anymore. And because of that, I almost think that the act of trying to predict things and try to figure out stuff is the act of folly. You know, I mean, there are other, I mean, you look, we have a baseball season that's going to start in about a month. You know, the, the month of February is wrapping up. Baseball season is going to begin, you know, once March wraps up, we're going to have, uh, we're going to start having some ball. And there's going to be tons of predictions, and there's going to be tons of prognostications, and there's going to be tons of hot takes and tons of picks. And there's going to be lots of people saying, here's a surefire thing and there's a surefire thing. And I myself have been thinking about what I think is going to happen. And I said, well, I think it's probably, if, you know, put a gun to my head and make a pick. Once again, I would say, put the gun away. You don't need to put a gun to my head for me to make a pick. And I would say, well, we're going to have a rematch of the World Series. That's what it looks like to me right now. It looks like a rematch with the, I think, the Cleveland Indians will play the Chicago Cubs. I think the Indians are the best team in the American League, and I think the Cubs are the best team in the National League. Um, I think the Cubs will, if that rematch again, I'll be rooting super hard for Cleveland to win it, but I think the Cubs are going to repeat as World Series champions. And think about that for a second, about the world being turned upside down. I very casually said, it's not my official pick, but I very casually said here on the 27th day of February 2017 that I think the Cubs will repeat as world champions. That's a weird world. And that the Cubs and the Indians are the standard bearers of each of their leagues. Things being turned upside down. Hell, the fact that Rick Porcello won the Cy Young Award. I don't think he should have. He wasn't my pick. Corey Kluber was my pick to win the Cy Young Award, and this is coming from a Boston Red Sox fan, but I digress. The fact of the matter is, it's a strange world where strange things are happening, and I sure as hell am not going to sit here in my car, driving through the streets of Palo Alto, California, trying to tell you that we're going to have a predictable year. Because all things seem to be thrown out the window now. I'm sitting here thinking, Christ, Could the World Series be Tampa Bay versus San Diego? Could that happen? Could that happen? Could we be looking at that? Could we see Milwaukee be a 100-win team? Could we see Mike Trout post an OPS under five? I don't know anymore. 
But one thing I do know is that when we start making predictions, some of them are going to be horrific. And something's going to happen this year that makes us go, wow, I didn't see that happening. And it will be big. It will be it will be gigantic. I can't think of a Game 7 of the World Series that's more bizarre than having one team blow a 6-1 lead, having it go into extra innings, and then sit through a rain delay. To have Game 7 of the World Series saved by a guy with zero professional saves until Game 7 of the World Series. That's weird. That's weird that we're saying, well, you know, if you're looking for teams that are consistent champions, look no further than the Cubs and the Indians. Meanwhile, the Yankees are trading away players in a rebuilding effort, so trade away your veterans. It's weird. It's strange. And something strange is going to happen this year. Some team that we're not thinking about is going to have a spectacular season. Maybe the year that wins a title. I jokingly brought up Tampa versus San Diego, but why not? Who knows? Who knows that this may be the year that we have a team decide to get up and move? The Tampa Bay says, F this! I'm going to Charlotte. I'm going to Albuquerque. I'm going to Vegas. That the Oakland A's move away too. Or suddenly the Oakland A's get great and start spending money. It's surreal, first of all. When you, I'm here in the Bay Area. This, there's so much money in the Bay Area that it's astonishing that one of the low-revenue teams is the Oakland Athletics. But I digress. Nothing is normal anymore. And we're going to go into a world where two things are going to be true. The Cubs are the world champions, and Vin Scully is not announcing Dodger games. This is, we're into uncharted waters here, and we're seeing damn sea serpents popping their heads up. We're in open freaking water, and I, I and freaking Ulysses would look at this and say, man, this is effed up what, what we're seeing off the end of my boat here. So don't be surprised if the MVP is someone like I don't know. Tim Lincecum. Tim Lincecum could win the MVP this year. As a second baseman. How is that weirder than some of the stuff that has happened over this last calendar year? How is it? You know, Joe Madden could get fired. That's how weird this past calendar year has been. You know, I mean, one of the things that makes baseball... Enduring, what makes baseball so wonderful is there is, you know, there, it, there's that great contradiction that you, you can't predict it, but in some ways you can. You say, oh, who can figure out, who can predict baseball? Well, some games you can. Most games it's like, well, it looks like, uh, who's like, let's take a great pitcher. Clayton Kershaw is pitching against the Reds' seventh starter. You know, guy who's making a spot start just up from the minor leagues. And the final score of that game is Los Angeles 6, Cincinnati 1. That's pretty predictable. A lot of games, like you see the best teams in baseball, like 
you know, the Indians. I think the Indians are going to win 95 games this year. That means they're going to lose a lot, but they're going to win most of them. And most of the games are going to go pretty much as planned. Starter comes in, pitches five or six good innings. They turn to the pen. The, the lineup gets enough hits to provide some offense. Boom, the Indians win. So there's an element of predictability. And then there's the, the element of utter surprise that catches you off guard. When you think about the pace of baseball, isn't that what most of the game is? Most of the game is just pitching the ball back and forth. Grounder to second, pick it up over to first. Fly ball, right field. In comes Coco Chris, makes the catch. They're two away. Grounder over to Crawford, picks it up over to Belt, and the side's retired. That's what most innings are like. You know, most of the time that's what happens. There's a certain predictability to it. That's why when you go to a game, you're not staring at each pitch going like, on ball two, ball three. I mean, no matter how intense in the game you are, at one point you're like, wait, what's the count? Oh, it's three and one? Oh, okay. Or wait, or you're talking to someone, you're going, like, wait a minute, how did he get on second? Oh, he walked, and then there was a, a grounder to third. They threw him out at first, but he moved over to second. Okay. And if you claim you don't do that, you're a liar. Everyone does. So because there's a certain predictability, this guy's probably going to make it out. This guy's probably going to happen. And then something bizarre happens. Something wild happens. And you go, did you see that? Did you see that? There is a combination of it being comfort, not the super intensity of a football game. It's a comfort. It's on. You're watching it. It's, it's on every day. You can just enjoy it and have it wash over you. And every once in a while, like, oh, man, do you see what happened in the game last night? Yeah, the fourth inning, 3 nothing. The guy hit a grounder to third. He picked it up. He threw it. It ricocheted off the tarp and blah, blah, blah. You, you, you talk about one or two things there. And so baseball is that contradiction that is a combination of predictability and catching you totally by surprise. Who can predict baseball? Most of the time you can. It's those moments that make it worthwhile. You know, in some instances, that's one of the reasons why I joined the Academy Awards. You know, in the past, most of the time it's musical number, person comes up, tells a few jokes. You can pretty much predict who's going to win this or that. You know, every once in a while there's a big, huge upset. And then something really weird happens from time to time. Nothing quite as weird as what happened last night. But there's a certain comfort to the Oscars. Who's, what's up next? Production design. Okay, who's going to win production design? But this year, I'm telling you, there's something in the air. There's something in the air that makes me think that we're going to have one effed up season because nothing, nothing seems to make sense anymore. Nothing seems to flow in any way that could be predictable or can be comprehensible anymore. Nothing. There is no part of our lives right now that seem to be predictable. And so because of that, I'm going into this baseball season with my head tilted a little bit like the RCA dog, thinking like, what are we going to see? Is this wave of 
the world being turned upside down got to continue long enough for me to go like, wow, I, I, I don't even know what's happening anymore. I don't even know what's happening anymore. Part of me hopes so. But the other part of me says, yeah, that's fine. I wouldn't mind a few predictable games. Because when I have a game on and it's like I'm doing the dishes, I'm doing the chores, I'm just driving. They all can't be bananas. Sometimes I have to have a predictable game in there. If for no other reason to have the comfort of the familiarity of the game of baseball. But I'm worried. We saw an envelope open and a film being proclaimed the Best Picture Oscar. And even that was not definitive. And that is really weird. So I'm pulling up here. So go to SullyBaseball.com. Like me on Facebook. Subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. Turning off the mobile Sully Baseball studio. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast for the 27th day of February 2017. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.